0: If you have a Bible, please go ahead and turn in it to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, and we will be in verse 7. We are moving through the Ten Commandments, the giving of the Ten Commandments that were originally for Israel, and now we see still apply to us today. I have it up on the screen, or if you do have your Bible open, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, here is the third commandment. God says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, growing up, most of us heard these words or, you know, kind of um, a a summary statement of, of these words, you know, maybe a parent, a grandparent, or a teacher. And I mean, tell me, you, you never heard this. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. It's one of the Ten Commandments, you know. I mean, I can hear my mother's voice uh, when I when I say that even. That wasn't me trying to do her voice, by the way. That seems disrespectful. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we all have probably heard that, uh, you know, don't take the name Uh, of of the Lord in vain. Don't use his name in vain. It's one of the Ten Commandments. And usually what was meant by that, and I don't like these words coming out of my mouth, but I want to make sure we're on the same page. What was usually meant by that was don't say God's name in a thoughtless or irreverent way. Don't say things like, oh my God, Jesus Christ, good Lord. And it gets worse from there. And I, I would just rather... Leave it at that. that. That's a flippant and irreverent usage of God's name. The, the titles um, for, for God here, and even uh, Yahweh, you might think of. I've never heard anyone take, use that one, but that is God's proper name, Yahweh. Uh, now, it's interesting because I think that our parents and grandparents and teachers were right. I think that it is wrong and sinful for us to use God's name, our awesome God, his name, in a vain, empty, flippant way. But what if that's not mainly what this third commandment is about? What if this is a command against more than cussing in the way that we use God's name? What if it's possible that we could abstain from using God's name in this irreverent way, but still take his name in vain? Actually, just as much, if not more, oftentimes than those who use his name however they please. I believe that is the case. I believe that That there are some who abstain from saying things like, oh my God, they've, they've cleaned that up. But they're actually breaking this commandment just as much, if not more, than those who use it. And this is actually very important because, number one, it's a command of God. So we want to know and obey the commands of God. But look at the second half of the verse. It says, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless. Who takes his name in vain. This is no small matter. This isn't just like, oh, maybe I I have it right, maybe I have it wrong, maybe I have too narrow a view of what this means, maybe not. No, I, I would say seeing a warning like that, the Lord, God will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. That should make us really want to understand the fullness of what this command is talking about because we want to please, we want to honor, we want to enjoy God. We don't want to be breaking His commands, certainly not one of the Ten Commandments, and we certainly do not want to stand guilty before God on the final day. And so what I'm asking you today is to be courageous and bold with me, bold enough to kind of work against a tradition that has probably been ingrained in all of our minds. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain means don't use his literal name flippantly. I think we need to challenge that tradition, not to say that that tradition was wrong, but to say that it was too narrow. We need to let God's word speak not just the the traditions that we have learned. And so I I hope you'll join me in doing that today. But it takes humility. It takes humility on our part to say, you know what, I understood this command one way, and that's actually not mainly what it was talking about. So if you will join me right now in prayer, I, I really do want to ask for this sort of humility and understanding. Father God, there is nothing in this world that compares to you. Everything about you is beautiful and honorable. And everything that is good and pleasing and beautiful in this world is only an echo of your infinite glory. And so, God, you have given us this command not to take your name in vain. And so, Lord, would you help us today to humble ourselves under your word to let go of anything within our traditions, even our Christian traditions that may not be helpful, and to hold fast, to hold on to what is good, Lord, what is true, because we do want to honor you, God. We want to worship you, we want to obey you, and we want to enjoy you as our supreme satisfaction and delight. So would you help us today in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. The Bible is very clear that our words matter. There, there are, are many, many texts that talk about the words that come out of our mouths. And as I said a moment ago, I do believe we should speak of God, use his name only in reverent ways... But what I believe we'll see today as we study God's word is that God in the third commandment is not requiring that we only revere the letters and sounds and syllables of his name, but all of who he is. And not only to revere him with our lips, but God must be revered in action and attitude. Oops, action and attitude. That That is our whole lives, not just our lips, are what is being spoken of here in this third command, not to take the Lord your God's name in vain. I could come at this from, from several directions, because uh, I, I think before I can start applying this, what our actions and attitudes should look like, we need to actually believe that that's what God's word is saying, and so... I hope this doesn't you know drift off into feeling like a lecture, but words matter. <laughs> meanings of words matter, and what Scripture says really matters. And so uh, I think it would be unwise of me just to launch into applying this without first being convinced this is what God is talking about. Not just our lips, but our whole lives are to revere God. We don't take His name in vain. Now uh, there, again, a few different angles we could come at this with. first would be to look at that word name. I, I highlighted it there on the screen. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, I don't know how much you've read the Bible, how much you've studied the Bible, uh, but, but when you think about it, how often when it talks about the name of God, the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus, how often is it actually talking about L-O-R-D, you know, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, you know, how often is it actually talking about J-E-S-U-S, Jesus, and the sound of it? I'll tell you, I I didn't do a full count, but I would say 99% of the time it talks about the name of God. It is not actually talking about the sound of his name exiting our lips or our vocal cords. That's not usually what it's talking about in the Bible. Usually when the Bible talks about the name of the Lord or the name of Jesus, it is talking about all of who he is. His character, his attributes, his action, what God is like is bound up in his name, his value, his worth. It's all bound up in his name and here specifically in this verse, it talks about don't take the name of the Lord. That's Yahweh. I am who I am. And that's just a great example of it. Not just being a name. The the, the L-O-R-D that you see up there is, is Yahweh. I am who I am. I am absolute existence. I am the fountain from which all else exists. And that's just scratching the surface of the meaning of that name. And that's kind of what's going on uh, Again, 99% of the time, because you think about things that you see in the Bible, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The Lord, well, I guess I'm good, I'm saved. No, that's obviously not what it's talking about. Just a moment ago, I and, and uh, everyone else who have prayed have prayed in the name of Jesus. Well, By attaching the sound, you know, the word Jesus to the end of the prayer, does that magically make God listen to it just by the, that's clearly not what it's talking about. It's talking about the person behind the name, all of who they are, all of who Yahweh is, all of who Jesus is. That is, again, 99% of the time what the Bible is talking about when it talks about the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus. It's not actually talking about the the letters and syllables of the name. It's talking about the person behind the name. And so, I mean, again, it's almost wild to me that we have taken uh, Exodus 20 verse 7 and said, yeah, that's actually just talking about L-O-R-D, or Yahweh, or God, or Jesus. Like, that's only talking about not saying, oh my God. Just the actual name. Not talking about the person behind the name. So that's just the first angle I want us to look at. The next one, again, as we think about this scripturally, as we think about this biblically, is this word take. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now it's interesting when we summarize this third commandment, we often change that word. I don't know if you've noticed that. Don't use the name of the Lord your God in vain. And that means don't use it with your mouth, with your lips. Don't use his name in vain. But that's not what the verse says. It says, take, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, I'm a nerd, so I I looked into this word probably way too much, Um, but it actually gleaned some great rewards for me in the study um, of of what this passage actually means. And so I'll I'll show you quickly, that word take in the Hebrew is "nasa." You shall not nasah the name of the Lord your God in vain. And so that's what we need to understand. Is that saying don't speak, don't use the name of the Lord in vain? Or is it talking about something else? So I counted this Hebrew word <laughs> uh, every time that it was used in Genesis and Exodus. Now, I could have done all five books of the Pentateuch, but I only counted Genesis and Exodus, both written by this same author, obviously, Uh, And and that's the book we're now studying is Exodus. And Moses used this word inspired by God, sometimes quoting God, but, you know, inspired by God, the spirit and all of it. He used this word 74 times that I counted. So 74 times this word nasa, take, is used. And it's interesting. And what really made me question the traditional understanding of this command is that only five times of those 74 times, only five times that Hebrew word is used in the context of, of vocals, of a sound coming out of a person's mouth. So that's less than 7%, by the way, less than 7% of the time. And I thought, okay, well, 7%, that's still a percent. So maybe that's what it's talking about. But then I looked at all of those five times that this Hebrew word is used as Vocals as sounds coming from our mouths. And what I saw is that every time it's used for sounds or of speaking, the context makes it very clear that that's what it's talking about. I'll show you. uh, I put it. This is three times. This is what it is. uh, Three of the five times. It says, he raised. That's Nassau, He raised. He took his voice. You know, if you want to use the same uh, as verse 7. He raised his voice. And wept, and so in that context, there is no doubt that it's talking about uh, vocals because it says he raised Nasah his voice. So it tells what it was that was raised, his voice, and wept. So we even know the sound that came out of their mouth. And so again, the the other uh, examples are, are very similar. The context and the words surrounding it leave no question that it's talking about. Okay, this word nasa is being used to speak of the voice using um, their mouth in some way. But we do not see that in verse 7 of chapter 20 in Exodus. I mean, if, if that were the case, because Moses is very uh, able to make us understand if it's Nassau, meaning mouth vocals, he would have said something like, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain with your voice right? That would match. He, they raised their voice and wept. But it doesn't. It just says, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, that's somewhat helpful. It kind of eliminates that it has to be uh, from the mouth, and most likely isn't limited to that. But what about the other 69 times this word is used? <laughs> that's a lot of times to help you understand uh, what a word means. Well, the, the other 69 times this word is used, not having anything to do with the mouth or the lips or speaking, it carries this idea. To take, like you take your bag to church, take your Bible to church, to lift, to carry, or to bear. There are some other similar usages. Um, I mean, another example, by the way, is uh, to forgive. And that is to take my sins, to to lift my sins. Uh, And so it always carries this idea, the other 69 times of, of lifting, carrying, bearing. And so we think about that with the name of God. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Don't carry his name. Don't bear his name in a vain, empty way. It's not just talking about on our, our lips when we think about it that way. It's saying, don't, don't call yourself a person of God. I'm a Christian. I'm I'm, you know, what for Israel it would have been like, we are the nation of God, the people of God. Don't take that in vain. Don't take that lightly. Don't let it be worthless and ineffective in your life. Now, I do want to give you. One more reason that I'm, I'm just convinced that it's talking about our lives and actions. And this will help us understand a little bit better. Because there's there's one example. Uh, it's actually in chapter 28 of Exodus. So just a, a few chapters later. Not only is this word take, Nasa used, but also the word name. Like so we don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. This one has take and names right next to each other. And so I have it there on the screen. You can see how I've kind of color coordinated so you can see what Nassau is, is in the yellow and name there, of course, uh, in the red. So Exodus 28 verses 29 and 30. Uh, this is just to give you context, God telling them what the priests were to wear when they would go in before God to represent the people of Israel. And part of what they had to wear was a breastplate, like a big heavy vest, you could say. And on that vest were to be engraved the names of the 12 tribes of Israel, okay? And so this is what it says in Exodus 28, uh, verse 29 and 30. So Aaron shall bear, that's Nassah, that's take. Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel in his in the, piece, in the breast piece of judgment on his heart when he goes into the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance before the Lord. Thus Aaron shall bear the judgment of the people of Israel on his heart before the Lord regularly. So this, again, using both of those two Hebrew words right next to each other in a very similar form, what it means to take their names is to lay claim on them, to associate himself with them. Aaron, by wearing their names on his breast piece, was showing the people of Israel are mine. I'm laying claim on them, and I'm actually representing them before you, God. And so when he would go in to make a sacrifice, he wasn't just making a sacrifice for himself. He was making a sacrifice for the people he had laid claim on, the people he represented. And so we see, once again, this isn't just speaking the literal names. It is to bear, to carry a name, to lay claim on someone as their representative. And so let's put the pieces together. We can start to sort of apply this because I think we have enough evidence at this point to say this is probably not just talking about using the Lord's name in vain. It's about carrying God's name. When God says, don't take, don't carry, don't bear my name in vain, he says, don't take my name upon yourself. Don't lay claim to me and then live like I am worthless, like I'm powerless, like I am ineffectual. I am who I am. I am Yahweh God. I am the creator of the heavens and the earth. I am the one who made a covenant with you, Israel. I'm the one who redeemed you from uh, Egypt, Israel. And now I have laid claim on you. You are laying claim on me. And so they were to live as though God is as glorious as he really is. They were to walk in a life-giving relationship with God. They were to walk in glad obedience to God. They were to find their soul-satisfying joy in God because he is sufficient. And God's saying, don't act like I'm not sufficient. Don't act like I'm not glorious because that would be to take, to carry The Lord's name in vain. Rather than just their lips, God wants all of their lives to be changed by having His name upon them. Their actions and attitudes needed to match the God they claimed to know. And I hope you see that how this isn't just for Israel, this is for Christians today. Again, We are the ones who who we claim at least to have called upon the name of the Lord to be saved. We're the ones who have been baptized into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are the ones who bear the name Christian, which literally means little Christ. (laughs) So like if you call yourself a Christian, you're saying I am a little Christ. Christ is mine and I am his. He is my savior. He is my Lord. That's what it means to call yourself a Christian. And from that, if we are to not take his name in vain, we live in a life-giving relationship with God. We walk in glad obedience to God and we find our peace and our satisfaction in him, not in the things of this world To do otherwise is to to take his name upon us in vain. This clearly is a command against more than cussing. It's a command to, to not belittle the God of the universe, to not let him impact your life in real ways. I think about this, attitudes and actions, attitudes and actions, why, why do I say attitudes or actions and attitudes? Well, I mean, there there are attitudes and there are sorry, there are actions, the things that we do with our hands, with our mouths, with our eyes, but there are also attitudes, the things we believe. And so to not take the name of the Lord in vain, I just want to be clear here not only says I won't do, I won't commit these sinful things. Uh, these simple actions with with my body it means also our our attitude. To to constantly live in fear means God's not really in control or I don't I don't believe it. To to constantly live in pride, look how great I am, is to say that well God's not so great that He doesn't bring us all very low. He does. We are like grasshoppers compared to Him. Uh, Isaiah says and you see this with with all of our things if someone is constantly angry irritated agitated well you're, you're taking the Lord's name upon you in vain because that means that God isn't all that merciful and loving and kind and so we have to be irritated agitated angry all the time and this is this is what God's saying don't lay claim on me don't carry my name and then act like I am of little value and little power. This is what it means. We are to revere God in action and attitude. Now, when we first think about these things, we may think about how it affects us. If I take the name of the Lord in vain, if I carry his name in vain, uh, if I, you know, misuse him, you know, empty him of his power and greatness in my life, then it will hurt my relationship with him. My experience of him and the blessings that a relationship with him offers, and that's true. We might also think, well, if I if I act these ways, if I'm acting sinful even though I claim to be a Christian, it's going to hurt my reputation, you know, I'm going to look dumb. I'll be a walking contradiction to say I'm a little Christ, but to live nothing like Christ. It will hurt our reputation. We know we think about these things, but here's the next thing I want to show you to make sure that we're very clear on all of this. I have no idea where I'm at. Oh, man, that's from the last sermon. I don't know how that's in there. I must not hit save. All right. I know I hit save. I'm going to see. There we go. I'm glad I kept going. All right, God's reputation is on the line. I know, I gotta regather us. It's not just me personally, the blessings of knowing God that's impacted by taking his name in vain. It's not just my reputation. It's not just me that looks stupid when I take his name in vain. It is the reputation of God Almighty that is on the line. You remember um, I kind of put it up there on the screen. When we looked at uh, Aaron going in taking the names of the people of Israel on, on this breastplate, he not only was laying claim on the people of Israel, he was in a very real way representing the people of Israel before God. And so it is with us. When we lay claim, when we carry the name of God, we're not, when we carry the name of God, we 're not only laying claim on him, We are now his representative. That was true for Israel. It's true for us. Now, I want to give you a couple examples of this uh, that I've thought about in my own life, how a name, a namesake, by the way, we have that word, a namesake. That's like how I represent those in my family line really matters. I remember uh, in high school, I played soccer and I played football, and there were times that I was very intimidated uh, by my opponent. I mean, they may have been like twice the size of me or, you know, that type of thing. But I remember thinking, I mean, it's embarrassing. I'm not telling you this is good. This is not part of my Bible teaching. I'm just telling you what I did. In my mind, I thought, Jeff, you better not back down because you're a berry. I had a reputation to keep up because my 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 dad uh, was a bold, courageous, strong guy. My older brothers were bold and courageous in the way that they did sports and did everything else, and so i didn't want to be the one to back down and make my family look bad, to look weak and 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 scared. I remember doing that again i'm that's just <laughs> that's just information of what I did, but I recognized even at that. Uh, foolish age that what I do makes an impact on my parents. By the way, my mom was also a teacher (coughs) at my school, and I think sometimes she did not like that her last name was Barry because of me and my brothers. I mean, it mattered how we acted. It reflected on my mom. And I'll give you one more example. Uh, There there was a a time in my family where a relative, a, a little more distant relative, Um, did some pretty bad things. And uh, I mean, it was in the papers, it was in the news, and there it was, my last name tied to these pretty bad things. And I remember being embarrassed. I did not want people to see it. I did not want my friends watching the news or, you know, because I didn't want to be connected to the sins, the transgressions that this person who carried the same name as me had done, and I actually did get asked, "Jeff, do you know this person? Are you related to them?" I'm like, yeah. And it was embarrassing because it reflected on me. And I tell you all that. I mean, most parents understand that as well. I mean, it matters how we act, not just for our relationship with God, not just for our reputation, but what we do reflects on the God whose name we carry. We see this happen in Exodus 32 you don't have to turn there anything Uh, that's the golden calf incident if you're familiar Moses goes up on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights he didn't tell the people of Israel how long he would be gone and so they get nervous even though God Almighty has has chosen them and redeemed them they start to say "Uh uh-oh What if things aren't going well? What if God has forgotten us? What if God isn't going to be faithful to us? That's taking his name in vain, by the way. And so what do they do? Because they're breaking the third commandment, taking his name in vain, they break the second commandment and they they make a, a, a golden image, quote unquote, of God. And that's this golden calf. And they bow down and worship this golden calf. And not only that, uh, it says, they rose up to play. To, rose up to, pray, to play was a, a Hebrew euphemism for gross sexual immorality. We'll get there when we get to Exodus 32. Uh, but that's what's going on. They, they're bowing down to this idol of a golden calf and they rose up to play. They engaged in gross public sexual immorality. They're taking the Lord's name in vain. But look what happens in Exodus chapter 32, verse 25. This is after that happened. Moses saw that the people had broken loose, for Aaron had let them break loose to the derision of their enemies. To the derision of their enemies. So they're taking the name of the Lord their God in vain. They're, They're dishonoring God. They're not trusting his faithfulness. They're not seeking their satisfaction in him, but in sexual immorality to the derision of their enemies. Translation, they made a fool of themselves and of God. You can just imagine their enemies mocking. These are the great Israelites. These are the great people of God. Look at what they're doing. They're bowing down to an idol just like we do. And look at what they're doing. This this public sexual immorality some God they have, that's what it means. They're, they're, they're jeering, they're making fun of mocking Israel and the God that they represent. Yes, the reputation of Israel suffered hurt that day, but more importantly, they made God made God look stupid and worthless. Their attitudes, their actions was taking the name of the Lord, their God, in vain. They lived as though God couldn't be trusted, didn't matter if you obey him, and can't satisfy. God's petty, unimportant. That's what it means to be vain, empty. Friends, your attitudes and actions matter. If you have laid claim to Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, Your attitudes and actions matter. Yes, they matter for your relationship with God and joy in Him. Yes, they matter for your reputation. But most importantly, they matter for God's reputation. I want to be very clear here, by the way God is glorious. Whether or not we revere Him, whether or not we take Him in vain, God is glorious. He is valuable whether or not we treat him as valuable. He is in supreme authority whether or not we obey him. And he is all satisfying whether or not we seek our satisfaction from him. But what is at stake here is what others see about God. Why? Because we bear, we carry, we take the name of God upon ourselves. And so this is what we see is that when we, we go to the workplace, people, people know we're a Christian and they see us acting just like them, worse, treating people with anger, irritation, telling dirty jokes, I, I don't know, just whatever. They say, hmm, some God they have. He, he can't calm their spirit, give them joy. They're, they're just as chaotic as me. And God must not be very satisfying because they're pursuing sin just like me. God must be empty. God must be vain. God must be worthless. We make God look unappealing. But I, I do want to throw this out there as well. The reason God gives this command is not only because we can defame his name, but all, the opposite is true as well. <laughs> by our actions, by our attitudes, we can make God look great. And that is an astounding honor for frail broken humans like us i want to show you this isaiah chapter 43 verses six and seven god says this bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the earth everyone who is called by my name that's who has taken my name everyone who is called by my name whom i created for my glory Those who are called by God's name, the reason they are called by God's name, the purpose for which God has them called by his name is to point to the glory, magnificency, magnificence, I can't say it. Anyways, (laughs) he's magnificent. We are to point to that. This is why we are called by his name. You say, well, how do we do that? Jesus picked it up in Matthew 5, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works. You, the carrier of his name, may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. (laughs) We we can do that By, by our attitudes, by our actions. People can see our good works and it reflects on God, his glory, his satisfying nature is shown We see this again, 1 Peter 4, 14 to 16. If you are insulted for the name, excuse me, the name of Christ, if you're insulted because you carry the name Christian, you are blessed. (laughs) But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, the name of Christ as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Think about it. If God is who he says he is, if he is glorious beyond all compare, if he is truly satisfying, if he is in supreme authority, then our lives will look different. We will be people who have an inward peace no matter the chaos going on outside of us. We will be the people who find our satisfaction in God, not in pursuing the sinful pleasures of this world. And we will even be the people who are willing to suffer for his sake because he is so glorious, he is so great, and he is so valuable. And in that moment, the world sees. They see our good works. They see our suffering. And that is our opportunity to glorify God In that name. This is a wondrous reality. This is what the third commandment is meant to protect the reputation of God and our ability to show the true glory of God to those around us. But when we take his name in vain, when we live like he is worthless, that's what the world sees about him. He's a worthless God, he's just something they tack on on Sundays just something they have in their life so that they feel good, like they're not going to hell when they die, but it has no real effect on their life today. That is what the world sees. And so it is important. It is a wondrous gift to live for the glory of God, but it is a terrible thing to malign the name of God with our lives. Now, if that doesn't matter to you, You say, I don't really care about the glory of God. I don't care what people think about him. I don't care about the reputation I give God. I don't care that someone may turn their back on God because of the way that I represented God. If if that's where you are at, then I, I wanna tell you this warning at the end of Exodus 7 is for you. You know why? Because number three, a vain name doesn't save. If we merely carry his name in vain, we, take his, we lay claim to him, but it doesn't change us, that will not save us. We must take him fully. Exodus 20 verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I'm not talking here, and this the, the Exodus 20, verse 7, is not talking about perfect sinlessness. It's not talking about the heart that, that is, is struggling to cling to God with everything. This, this isn't talking about that. But what this means is, if in your heart you don't care about the reputation of God, you don't care about other people treasuring this God of glory, then you have very likely taken the name of God in vain. What I mean by that is you've claimed to be a Christian without really claiming Christ, the person behind the name. Now, a common way that people do this is they take Jesus as their Savior Yeah, I'll let him save me from hell. That sounds like a good deal. All I got to do is trust in him. All I got to do is call upon the name of Jesus and I'll be saved. I'll I'll take him as my savior, but I'm not going to take him as Lord. I'm I'm not going to do what he tells me to do. I'm not going to live in a way that pleases him and honors him. I'm not going to live a life of worship towards him, but I'll take him as savior. I'll tell you, that's what it means to take the Lord's name in vain at the deepest level. To call yourself a person of God, a, a Christian, but not to care about God or Jesus Christ truly. Think about some of the things Jesus said. Mark verse uh, or chapter 7 verse 6. He says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He's quoting Joel there. Jesus is saying, this is true about you guys, that that he's in front of. He had these very religious people. They're honoring God with their lips. Oh, blessed God. But their hearts were far from him. They did not truly love him. They did not truly care about him. They dishonored him. They took him in vain. And say, well, how... Can you tell the difference? How do you you know if you've taken his name in vain or if you've taken it truly? How do you know if you've taken it in a way that is, is truly the calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus that saves? Well, Jesus told us. Matthew 7, verses 16 to 23. Jesus says, you will recognize them by their fruits. Their attitudes, their actions. fruits. So again, the attitudes and actions. But listen to what Jesus says. This is just right after that was verse 20. Now verse 21. I just couldn't fit it all on one slide. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, that is that they honor him with their lips. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So they laid claim on him, but Jesus says, I don't know you. I'm not yours, truly. You know how I I know that you're not mine? You're a worker of lawlessness. You might have cried out to me and said, yeah, I'll take salvation, but I mean, I'm not gonna take you as Lord too. I'm still gonna live however I wanna live. This is what it is at the deepest, most fearful level to take the Lord's name in vain. It is to take Christ and say, I want to use you for my salvation, but I don't wanna be used by you as an instrument of worship and praise. And by the way, I I would remind you obedience is not a burden for those who truly love God. Jesus isn't calling us and saying, well, you, you, you get saved by doing these works. No, he's saying, you know that you are saved by these works because the person who is truly saved has trusted in Jesus, they have a new heart, a new mind, and they desire to obey Jesus. It's not that there's never a struggle, but there's this deeper inner desire to worship Jesus and, uh, and, and obey Jesus. And when we do, we are finding our joy and our satisfaction in him. We used to look for it in sinful pleasures. We used to look for it in the things of this world, but we find it in the person of Jesus when we truly take his name, both as Savior and as Lord. It is a good thing. It is a good thing to take the name of the Lord your God. But it is a fearsome thing to take his name in vain. I'm going to pray now. And I am going to ask you, in light of God's word, to search your heart. If if this is something that, that you've never done or you realize... Okay, I I, I filled out a card as a kid. I, you know, said a prayer, but my life is no different. I don't really love him. And that means I am still covered in guilt. Today is the day of salvation. Call on the name of the Lord while he can be found. He wants to save you today. He wants to take your sin. He wants to make you new. He wants to give you himself. You can take his name. Truly this time. You can, and you will be saved, you will be changed, you'll be transformed. But if you know, okay, I, I know I'm truly saved, but man, my life has slipped. The way I look at church is very different from the way I look at, at work. The way I treat people at church in front of other religious folk is different than the way I treat people at home. I know my, my inner life is, is sinful, even though I try to make it look like I've got all together. No longer should you take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. Let God be the treasure that he truly is. Let him be that authority. Let him be that that person in control, taking care of you, preserving you, so you don't have to be fearful or angry anymore. And let him be the satisfaction of your soul. Because when we do that, the world will know that he is glorious. They'll see our joy and they will So let's pray and ask God to search our hearts and change us. Father God, we do thank you for the full weight of this command. Thank you for helping us to see that it's not just about using your name as a cuss word. Thank you for helping us to see what it truly means to take your name, to carry your name, to lay claim on you. And Lord, thank you for this opportunity to take stock of our lives. First, for whether or not we've truly laid claim on you as our Savior and our Lord. Oh God, there is salvation in no other name. And so I pray that anyone here who doesn't yet trust in Jesus who does not yet have him as their Savior and Lord, that they would do that now, Lord, that in their heart they would cry out, I am a sinner and I see that Jesus is a Savior. I've made a wreck of my life and I want Jesus to be my Lord. God, would you help them to do that now, to truly lay claim on the salvation Jesus has purchased and wants to give them? And God, for any of us who have, trusted in you but we've forgotten how valuable you are we've forgotten how powerful and great and satisfying you are and so our lives aren't matching up anymore oh god help us not to take your name in vain anymore as we walk through this world help us to show your glory by our satisfaction by our commitment by our love for you lord God, we want to be used for your glory, even as we find delight in your glory. Do this, I pray, in the exceedingly great name of Jesus. Amen.